Hey, sports fans and savages, welcome to Greg Medford Show. It's Greg. We're not coming at you live. We're coming at you recorded from Phoenix, Arizona. In our continuing series on us citizen soldiers who are too old, too fat, too busted up to kick down doors anymore, uh, the musket we can pick up now is pulling back the layers of the American onion to get to the sweet spot in the middle. The press has abdicated its job. The people who are supposed to speak truth, the power have abdicated their job. You know, it's interesting. The Constitution talks about inalienable God-given rights, and we have these God-given rights, and we relinquish a little tiny bit of them to the ruling class so that we can function. And uh, they've abdicated their job. They've abdicated their responsibility. They've abdicated all accountability. They've skated out of everything so they can sip cocktail parties, fornicate for hire. So we've got those folks out in Washington, and we're supposed to have this free and independent press, which was, you know, really ratified. We, we couldn't get the Constitution ratified until we had the Bill of Rights. And the very first Bill of Rights was not about quartering soldiers or speedy trials. or uh, it, it, The very first one was free speech, the right to gather and pray. And they've abdicated their responsibility. They were never supposed to be part of the ruling class. They were never supposed to be pushing an agenda on us. They've always, they're always supposed to be peeling back the layers of the onion. Speaking truth to power. You hear that phrase all the time. They're supposed to be a mirror reflecting what the ruling class is doing back to those of us who vote for them. And they're also supposed to reflect back upon us, our decisions and what we do and have accountability as the voting people. So never in our American history, never in human history, have so many people, like myself, been able to whoop up a few cameras, let some people know they want to talk, and pull back. You know, I'm not the New York Times, we're not the Wall Street Journal, but you're going to get more truth from us than you will the Washington Post. Now, we've invited Democrats far and wide to come, and none of them want to show up. It's not an attack show, it's a polite, respectful, open American dialogue, and we can't have great ideas without pushing each other a little bit, and I wish they'd show up. So today, um, we've got a guest. This is uh, Jerome Davidson. He's running for the 4th Congressional District out of Arizona here. Um, he's taken time out of his schedule, his campaign, to step in with us. And if you're in California, or you're in Illinois, or you're in New York, and you want to make a difference, you can make a difference because your money is not stuck uh, only happening once every two years or four years. Your money is not stuck in California and New York and Connecticut and Rhode Island where you feel like you're being choked by Marxist hooligans who've lost with cognitive dissonance all connection from reality. You can make a difference. So I've started voting with my dollars and uh, voting across borders to nudge things around as I can, you can do the same thing. So if you're sitting out of one of those places and you're at work and you pull up, you know, want to hear what we're talking about today, appreciate you being here. Don't just listen. Get your brain, you know, get your brain uh, 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 engaged, but don't just listen. 10 bucks, 20 bucks, toss a little money in 
and send something out here. These elections, and we're being called a swing state. Uh, I don't think we're a swing state, but we're being called that because there's stuff in play, and the Democrats are spending, oh, well, hundreds of millions of dollars from California and New York to screw with our elections here in Arizona. And uh, it's a great time to listen in and hear the conversation we're having here because this is going on in your state too. You just may not have somebody there podcasting about it. And if you are in a place where you know your money is just going to be wasted because it's under a Marxist Democrat stronghold, well, then let those godless heathens do what they're going to do and send some money out here and make a difference um, where there's some real play on the chessboard. So without any further ado, Jerome, welcome aboard. Thanks for coming in and saying hi to us. Oh, wow. Hey. I like the cheers. Settle down, people. Settle down. We gotta don't, bring some hype to this GOP game. Don't forget to text your uh don't forget to tip your uh cocktail waitresses, bartenders, and dancers out there, by the way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How you doing today? Hey man, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. We can chop it up and talk about how we're going to save this country, how we're going to get people motivated to get out and vote, not only get out and vote, but to do something, knock on doors, convince family members that going left is going to take us out of this country. We're going to lose our country if we keep voting with the leftist policies. Now, I'm not attacking the Democrats. I think people are wonderful. But I think, as you said, the ruling class Democrats are very much trouble, and we got to really deal with these people. They have to be voted out of every seat. They've been, um, they've been corrupted with too much money. And, been, and with the lack of accountability, imagine if we had no accountability in life. I mean, I've right. got accountability every day. Right. I'm accountable to my kids. I'm accountable to my business partner. I'm accountable to my company. I'm accountable to my employees. And the IRS never lets me off the hook. So, I mean, I'm accountable. But it seems like Washington's unaccountable. And it seems like if we fix that one thing, everything else would just sort itself out. But there's right. no accountability. It's terrible, man. It, it's terrible. And that's, uh, that's one of my callings to this. Uh, that's why I'm running. 30 years as a pastor— uh, not only was I a pastor at just pastoring local churches, but when I was playing for the Oakland Raiders, I, they made me the team chaplain because all I talked about was the Bible when we were free. We had free time. So would, there's pictures of me with my teammates around me, Napoleon Kaufman, Steve Wisniewski, all of the great stars from the Raiders around me in the locker room when I'm teaching Bible studies. So uh, one of the things that pastoring does to a, a person is it makes them attentive to the needs of the people. You become sensitive to their emotions. You become sensitive to their spiritual needs. You become sensitive to their physical needs. And 30 years of that, to me, has taught me to listen to the people. I've been there for their, their, their pregnancy, first birth, uh, first day of school, graduation. I'm there at their sick bed. I'm there for their weddings, there for their funerals. And I just, just love people. And I hate to see people hurting and I hate to see them mis mistreated. And when I saw President Donald Trump being mistreated by the press, by the left, uh, by globalists uh, and saw, seeing people uh, rights being taken away. Hey, man, my passion just swelled up in me. I feel like I need to be a representative for the people because the rest of these folks, they get there. And they start representing themselves. Let me ask you about this, because this is a new burgeoning class of Republicans. I see um, black conservatives. Yeah. And it seems 
I, you know, I listen and read a lot of stuff about race and have my whole life, and it's the elephant in the living room. I mean, the black conservative, um, I'm sure, doesn't go over well at Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> or at church many times. <laughs> you know, um, is your congregation uh, African American or is it? Yes. Is it, is it, it is. is it more? I, I don't know how blender. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's uh, we, we may have five or six white people in the church. <laughs> okay. We have you know, maybe five or six Hispanics, you know, but yeah. You know, but they love the church. And so, how do how does your congregation deal with your conservatism? Is because it, it must bleed through, and they must know. I had some people get upset with me and, and want to leave the church, but I've sat down and talked to them, and I says, and I showed them a list of values. Okay, uh, some of the things that you're voting with, uh, abortions, uh, uh, same sex, all these different things are anti-Christ. These are anti-biblical views. You cannot separate it. For some reason, the church people feel like they can separate their politics from their faith. There's, you can't do that. Either you live in your faith 24-7 or you're not living your faith at all. I think for people of faith, they have to find some way to rectify that and come to terms with it. And I, th I think it's I think it's challenging for everybody, and it's part of the, you know, it's part of the in internal dialogue and struggle that has to go on with everybody. Right. Let me ask you, um, uh, have you lost friends and family members <laughs> over being a black conservative? Oh, have I? Yeah. Have I? Yes, I have. I have, I have uh, three siblings. I have two brothers and a sister, and they didn't talk to me for a long time. For a long time, uh, especially when I went to D.C., I had one of my brothers call me. He yelled at me. And I was there for January 6th because, hey, I told him this is something happening that is far above your head. You have no idea what's happening. This is spiritual to me, and this is saving for the country. Okay, when you don't have a vote, you don't have a country. And when you have people bringing in these twisted values and ending a prayer with a man and a woman, these blasphemous oh, things that they're doing, crazy. You, we can't do this kind of stuff. So, uh I'm I'm gonna keep uh, you know these com conversations like if someone wants to vote for you here in Arizona mm -hmm. and uh, CD4 is basically Mesa Tempe Awatuki Chandler you were telling me absolutely right? yes and mm -hmm. um, if I, it's pretty clear and I've interviewed so many politicians now mm -hmm. uh, we can hit the big five topics and you're gonna come down on the conservative side on them right. and abortion all of a sudden is forefront of everyone's wow. deliberations wow um i see what's gone on you know it's it's sad to me that it's been hijacked because if you and i can't have a private conversation when we're supposed to make a decision mm -hmm. how do we you know because let's say two people decide hey you guys seem like pretty smart dudes we'd kind of like you to weigh in on this formally right how are we supposed to weigh in if we can't talk to each other exactly what's happened is behind the scenes private communications among you know the justices don't sit around a table all day i don't americans don't know what the supreme court does very much right but they don't sit around a table all day deliberating they're off working in their offices and they set their their uh, thoughts are almost like a text chain mm -hmm. they comment and then it moves around the group yeah this is spooky what's happened wow it's something that you say that word spooky because yeah. this is demonic. I think we are under a spiritual attack. And me being a pastor, I've been involved with spiritual warfare for, you know, for over 30 years. And when I saw this stuff that they were doing against President Donald Trump, I saw it as I've never seen it before. Yeah. This is that kind of stuff. It's Jezebel versus Jehu. And Jehu was, to me, President Donald Trump. He was this rough rider. He's he's rugged, but he knows how to battle. And he's been chosen by God for a specific task. I'm not saying he's perfect. Right. I'm not saying he's a pastor. I'm not saying he's a prophet. I'm saying that he had been appointed by God to stand in that seat. And we saw it. And so many things were spiritually and so many things that was going on under our feet here on this terra firma in America 
that we did, had no idea what's going on until President Donald Trump became president. You know, one of the biggest things I've said about him is, um, you know, there's certain people, most people are cowards and they're cowans. They're fakers. And they're not real. That is so true. I want to say something on that. He's the real thing. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, frail ego and a New Yorker and, a, you know, a little brash and, you know, maybe not the kind of, but, you know, I'd say his persona that you see is not somebody that I would enjoy, mm -hmm. but personally, I enjoy him and his family. I right. think they're wonderful. Right. The, the <laughs> so, great, great American family, great American story. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and so, uh, what we see is Washington is full of Cowans and cowards and we see him. He was the real thing. Willing to have a fight. Absolutely. And when you're willing to have a fight, the enemies that rise up begin to define you. Absolutely. And you get to see who they are. I, I look, I voted for him because I was like, well, let's get the Supreme Court going in the right direction. We got to block the madness. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I like him because I think he's going to run through the temple with a bullwhip and kick over the money changers tables. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And he did. He did. And I didn't realize how bad it was going to be. And when he said that, he said the same thing uh, at several rallies I was at. We said what? He, he, I didn't realize how bad it was going to be in oh, okay. Washington. He yeah, said, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. He goes, I've done business. You know, I've tried doing business in places where you can't do business. Right. Because it's too, I've never seen anything more corrupt than Washington, D.C. Unbelievable. When you hear that, yeah. you know, he's not like a... Ingenue uh, from Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, no, no. no he's, he's a, a playboy. He knows. He's a world player. Exactly. Okay. And he said, that's the most corrupt, dirty, awful thing I've ever seen. And I believe him. I believe it. Um, he would say crazy shit and mm -hmm. everyone would just deride him about it and it would all turn out to be true. Right. One uh. thing after the other. <laughs> like, he would say, lightning came out of my ass three times. And everyone goes, "That's no, that doesn't happen. And then there would be pictures of it. I mean, it was almost that bizarre. Wow. Like the FBI uh, spying on him. Yep, yep. You know, and they just made fun of him. Yeah. That Russia collusion right. thing. And, mm -hmm. and they're and they still saying that stuff. They're still it's saying like it. They've said it so long. Right. They, they don't, half of them don't realize it was phony. So let me go back to this because it's, it's the black elephant in the living room, okay? So mm -hmm. you're a black conservative. How did you get here? Because so many African-Americans vote... 87 to 92 percent monolithically democrat right right now i've read my malcolm x and malcolm x was really he clear. warned them about the democrats yes, he, he did not. yes Amen. he did yeah <laughs> so you know he talked about the the plantation of the of the plantation the negroes white. you have these black gatekeepers like al sharpton jesse jackson jesse jackson was one of these guys that president donald trump before he's president was helping him uh -huh. he gave him millions of and dollars those guys loved him they loved him they were friends yeah. But President Donald Trump dated a black woman. He helped a woman named Jennifer Hudson, who uh, when she lost her family to murder, President Donald Trump put her in his uh, hotel in Chicago for a whole year. So, uh, a free food, free housing. He did all security. kinds of stuff. And all he kinds never, of stuff. never made fanfare. Remember when that Marine got caught over the border down here uh, 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 do. in Tijuana? Yep. You know, he was he has been doing stuff behind the scenes for decades. I mean, yeah. I you would do the I any if I was a billionaire, the shit I would be up to, I'd be like, Oh, let's go get that guy out of Afghanistan. He shouldn't be in prison there. One of the things that brought tears to my eyes about President Donald Trump, as you said, he's a he's a a New Yorker. He's a businessman from New York. He's got that uh New York swag. He's very strong, yeah. right? Yeah. But the man is so tender hearted and forgiving. Uh, yeah. case in point. 
Snoop Dogg came in and did the bu bullet to the head uh, video against Trump, right? Yeah. And he came up with the song F Donald Trump, yeah. right? But when President Donald Trump was on his way out, Snoop Dogg went to him and begged to uh, uh, adjudicate one of his friends from prison. And I told President, I was saying to myself, President Donald Trump, don't do it. He did it. Don't do it. And he did it. And right? he did it anyway. He's very forgiving. His grace. He's so forgiving. I mean, he's far more forgiving than I would it's be. It's grace. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't see it because you see that hard nose out there with his chin up because he's in the exactly. fight. Exactly. You know, you, if you watched our young men and women in battle in Afghanistan and Iraq the last 20 years, it would spook most moms and dads and siblings and children to see what they do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then quietly the grace of the dealing with children and dealing with what they were doing, the social work component that wasn't just kicking down doors right, right. and shooting bad right, guys. Right. So we, you separate you separate the humanity from the war. We have a tendency to, um, the news doesn't show grace because it's not good news. Right, right. I find it, I find it lovely. It brightens my day. So mm -hmm. I just shut the main, the mainstream media is out of my head completely. Wow, wow. I don't let them, I don't let them, get, they don't get any of my real estate for free. Good. But I, you know, I think about, you could write down a list of stuff Donald Trump's done that didn't need to be done and it was privately done. Amen. And it's ongoing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the real thing. What was one of my favorite things about him uh, there were so many gifts we got from him we didn't expect. Mm -hmm. I just thought he was going to be a pain in the ass to everybody <laughs> and put up conservative justices. Right. And then we found out all the dirty, where all the rotten people were. We did. Because he had to fight him. Yeah. You know, if you got a dude who, he's not going to do a drive-by shooting. He's going to get out on the court and right. fight. And fight. Uh, and I so love you go, okay, okay, now we get to see who the like, right. who the thugs are in Washington, right. D.C. Right. It turns out the thugs are federal employees and elected officials. Right. And they're awful. Well, one of the reasons why I'm a great candidate is that you see the fight that I have to go to to being a black conservative. Yeah. I have to fight against my own community. And I love my community. I love my black heritage. I love my I love black church. I love black people. Love my folks. But I love everybody. How does it play with white people? Me being a black conservative? Yeah. They love it. They love it. They appreciate the fact that I fought past, as you said, the media. You fight past all the dogma, all the lies, all of the propaganda and realize, hey, man, you're white. I'm black. We can make black and white jokes, but at the end of the day, we're still Americans. We yeah. still love each other. We still appreciate each other, and we still uh, uh, love our country and love this state. You know, it's crazy. I was watching during the, you know, during this 2020 campaign, and it was the height of COVID and all of that going yeah. on. And you could see he did not want to be shutting the country down. Oh, you, it, could, it, you could see the establishment just kind of drowned him. And he's Dr. like, Fauci. and he can't be the only guy, you know, the non-doctor construction guy telling the doctors to F off basically. Yeah, yeah. You could see him kind of getting swept away. Yeah. And they saw it as this big opportunity to drown him. Right. And one of the things. So I'll tell you some personal stuff that it's not related to your candidacy, but this mm -hmm. show is about getting to know people. Right, it's right. less about that's fine. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure I know your stance on the border. I'm pretty sure I know your stance on abortion. Right. I'm pretty sure I know your stance on critical race theory. Amen. And, and so all of those things, those are going to weigh in, and I'm going to ask you your opinions on a couple of them because they're germane. But uh, this show is really about getting to know the people that we're sending to Washington, mm -hmm, and. Mm -hmm. um, and hearing the nuance and finding out their backgrounds. Yeah. I, my family came out of South Carolina, Texas, mm -hmm. National Slave Owner Registry. I mean, kind of weird, weird old history. Right. And uh, 
my brothers actually, they talk to a group of black Medfords on the East Coast of the United States and are like organizing a get together. And I'm, I'm kind of like weirded out by the whole thing. So my family, my grandfather was a cop, you know, uh, West Texas. Right. So y'all are known. Well, I've heard the N-bomb dropped a few times in my past, okay? okay, okay. (laughs) And I always have been wrestling with telling the truth and Mm -hmm. telling what you see, but not being a racist, not being a bigot. Struggling. Great point. Like, you got to be able to tell the truth. Exactly. But then uh, so many times when you say the truth, you get labeled a racist or bigot, you know, it all gets blended together. And I watched what happened during the Trump presidency. Not only did I go to the rallies, and the rallies looked very... So did I. (laughs) They, they, right. they, it wasn't a bunch of hillbilly white people. You had a bunch of uh, Latinos. You had, yes. you had a Chinese. You had blacks. It was a beautiful thing, man. I just posted some pictures on my Facebook yesterday about me being at the uh, twenty uh, October twenty sixth rally here in mm-hmm. in Goodyear. I was like, man, hey, listen, I didn't even realize at the time I was going to run for Congress. I had no, I, I was going to run for anything. I was just out there supporting President Donald Trump because we needed him back in office, man. Yeah. We really needed him. Did you have you did you see Dinesh Dinesh D'Souza's movie the that came out? Two thousand mules? Yeah, did you see that yet? Not yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it too. Uh we've had a few several of the folks. I was asked to go do a couple of opening. I I couldn't break away. I was moving, but I, I, it makes me sick to my stomach what I've heard. And I'm I'm looking forward to uh you know, I'm looking forward to everyone getting their comeuppance. How what, how couldn't we why couldn't we get any courts to to allow uh evidence to be presented in court? What, right. Were the courts coordinated with the media and with the Democrats and the neo-liberals? Uh, yeah. Why didn't the courts want to hear this evidence? And now that the evidence is here, why aren't they hearing this evidence? And here's another thing. How is this man running for Senate, our AG? How is he running for Senate? And he has evidence of crimes on his desk right now. This is crazy. Handle well, the business you know, of the people. You know, the thing is, I, I think they didn't do a great job gathering the evidence. Oh, oh, I think ultimately he's got to go in court and be like, guys, I, I got to, you know, he's like the pro, he's like the DA and the cops come to him. Right. And they're like, there's coke all over this guy's nose. And he's like, I need more evidence than coke on his nose. Right, right. You know, he's so I, I, I feel his pain a little bit, but mm-hmm. I also I'm the same way. I'm like, hey, look, go with 80 percent of the evidence. Yeah. Start kicking down some doors. Yeah. See what happens. See what rats pop out. Exactly. Like start pushing it. You know what I mean? Have your have have some trials. Like, well, wow. still to this day. Yeah, not one. We have not had uh, a look at the spunk logs or the the routers. They said that they were not connected to the internet. We want to see what kind of traffic was coming in and out on those those routers and those spunk logs. We want to see. Yeah. Well, and, and if I were AG, I would make sure I got those things. But he didn't do it. I want to tell you a gift I got from Donald Trump. And then we're going to dive into some personal stuff with you. Okay. Okay. Sure. So I've been wrestling with this history and uh, all, all my whole life. I've, you know, been around her around, grew up in here and in Massachusetts, which Massachusetts is one of the most racist places I've so ever wait a minute. been. South Carolina, uh, Texas, and now Massachusetts. Well, the family's from South Carolina and Texas on my okay. dad's side. My mom's side are all mass holes. Okay. <laughs> and, they're, and they're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I noticed, like, that is a re- very, like, everybody knows if you're Irish or Italian or Portuguese mm-hmm. or black or any Puerto Rican. Out here, people don't racially identify as much. Because yeah. I had grown up here and I was yeah. like, I kind of know my heritage because my yeah. grandfather was Greek. But back there, it's a big deal. Because it's a Democrat state. Right. Yeah. 
what I was going to say, it was pheno- it was an uh, interesting phenomenon. I don't know if you remember this. I'm, I'm sure you watched a lot of the same rallies I did. He had he started having people come up and tell their stories. You know, he's got the podium. All these people are there. I love the way he's spontaneous. As a podium, he just steps aside. And he's like, oh, tell tell everybody. What, he's no script. Right. And, you know, that's like he, he's willing to just hear the truth. Yep. So he's inviting up this Guatemalan guy mm-hmm. who I have nothing in common with. Right. And you would think if you looked at me on my surface, oh, ex-Marine, infantry, knife business, Arizona. He wants the wall and screw all those brown people. Right. So, I, you know, that's what the yeah, surface what judgment they, of me from they, outside mm-hmm. is. Yep. And then I see this Guatemalan guy, up and he tells a story about how COVID's impacted his small business, and how he brought his family here, and he sounded like my grandfather off the boat from Greece. Wow. Then he has a black guy come up, and this dude's blacker than a fucking coal mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not an American uh, mix. Mm-hmm. He's from Nigeria. Yeah. He's got a restaurant or a restaurant club bar and i think it was in like st louis and mm-hmm. several of his family works there and he was telling this tearful story about how it's crushed him he borrowed all this money and put this company together and it's been crushed by these oppressive rules and shutdowns yeah and he's basically trump was like saying hey the trump we can't do these shutdowns you know with his hands yeah yeah we can't do all these shutdowns this is crazy yeah, right. So this guy gets up and tells his story in broken english with a nigerian accent and he and i look like we're from opposite planets and he sound like my grandfather. Wow. And and then if you listen to a Joe Biden gathering, any woman, any female over the age of 50, I have less in common with. Mm-hmm. If she's Jewish and a Democrat, I have nothing in common with. And I feel like she's a goddamn alien. And the black guy from Nigeria, I completely identify with. Wow. Wow. And I saw Trump break down like racial stuff. And it was about human experience. And I was, I kind of noticed it and it was kind of liberating for me Wow! because I was sad about everything that gets said about me or him or anyone mm-hmm. else. And then you see these, and I know you've seen all these pictures for the last 30 years, 40 years he's been in the media. You see him hanging out with Tyson. You see him hanging out with this guy and Don King and all, all the rappers every, rapped about him. Everybody who's anybody in New York had yep. hung out with Donald Trump, right? Absolutely. And they wrote songs about him and yeah. now he's a bad guy. Okay. So. Uh, you, when did you become conservative? I, and, and I know sometimes that's very intertwined with Christianity yeah, and yeah. the seriousness yeah. of your Christianity. And it's hard to be a serious Christian and be a leftist. It, it's impossible now. <laughs> it, it's it, at this point, it's, it's very much impossible. So when did you become politically wo- awo- uh, awoken to well, conservatism? When president Donald Trump, the way he answered the media on this and is that, uh, Obama, Obama woke my, woke me up like it's, like like he like he, you said hey something's wrong or yeah, or I, or you said something's wrong. I mean, did you vote for him the first time? I, I vo- did. I voted for him the first time. Yep. Because I was like, okay, hey, let's do this. I was not I was not into politics. The church had taught me my whole life not to get involved in okay, politics. Right. And that was I was being a good religious boy, and doing my religious thing and staying uh-huh. away from politics. Uh-huh. But my eyes were attracted to this first possible black candidate. And I started watching him and I happily voted for him. Yeah. Months after he after I voted for him, I started seeing and hearing things from this man that were anti-Bible, anti-America, all these things like he hate America, like he hate white people. Uh, in, instead of making race relations better, he made them worse. And I was w- watching all this stuff. Then he started pitching all of this same sex stuff. And I, and I asked God to forgive me. I kneeled down every day for at least three weeks and I asked God to forgive me for voting with this man. 
And I didn't stop asking for forgiveness until I felt a release in my spirit. And when I felt a release, I broke down and cried. From that, I was looking for another way. I started getting involved in politics, slowly begin to edge my church into politics, slowly. These passions grab us, don't they? Right, they, they, when they get us, they get us. And it was a spiritual thing. It wasn't just a, a, just a, a natural thing. This was spiritual. This was God waking me up and helping me realize that politics are tied into the, the Bible. King David was a political figure. Daniel, the prophet, was more of a governor than he was a prophet. Jeremiah prophesied to kingdoms and to kings and all these. So I didn't realize all of this stuff until, you know, until that epitome, until that moment happened with Obama. And then President Donald Trump came along. And when he came along, his speech, it captivated me. It moved me. I, I, it just, it was powerful. It got me too. And I've been plugged in for 30 years talking politics. I mean, I love sociopolitical philosophy. I love, um, I love seeing the chess game being played yeah. and to see how it's going because mm -hmm. it's the functioning of my republic that I'm a part of. Right, right. Um, but I fell in love, and look, I'm a patriotic former Marine who's been deployed for right, a country, right. for God's sake, and I re-fell in love with the country All right. when he got elected, wow. and it made no sense. Wow, wow. You know, um, there's something I th I've thought about in the past, and I'm not a religious, I was raised Greek Orthodox, I'm not very religious. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Christ talked about all men being created equal. Mm-hmm. And it was a big part of what he was doing, challenging the church, challenging authority, right. challenging the Pharisees, challenging the status quo. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the reasons those things resonate so well, because it's about being created and endowed upon by the creator. You know, you're, right. you're not the dad of me. Right, you, right. You didn't make me. Exactly. You're really not in charge of me. I'm just going to let you in charge a little bit so we don't all kill each other. Right. We need the government. Just all we need them to do is protect us. And they're failing at that. Under the Democrat helm, under their under their uh, policies, America is hurting. Yeah. Uh, OK, so we have abortion. We have same sex. We have non-political uh, parental rights over the children. Now they send it that the children whose minds aren't even fully developed can have a sex change as early as eight years old without parental guidance or knowledge. That shit's crazy. Stuff is, this is crazy. And then Disney goes against it. Wow, bro. We I could couldn't talk for believe hours on this, that. Man. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. And their employees are doing, you know, the employees are recording Zoom calls and putting them in the press. I'm like, <laughs> are you you guys know you're a family-friendly kid thing. Right. I guess you want all Democrats to go. Is that yeah. the deal? I had been hearing things out Bizarre. of Disney for a long time, yeah. man. I, you know, I do a lot of research. Uh, they call that being uh, uh, what they call a, a political, what they say, a, a, a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And uh, so I've been doing a lot of research, and a lot of those conspiracies have been conspiracy truths. And that's why they want to stifle free speech. This is why they want to get rid of free speech, because they don't want the so-called conspiracy theory to be known to be the, uh, the true, the true conspiracy. And we're seeing it. America's noticing it now. America's waking up, and now they're looking for the next, uh, they're looking for the next big event to distract us from the elections. Oh, yeah. And they're trying to whoop up a war. I, I, absolutely. I guarantee they are. They are. Yeah. They are trying to do it. And it's and the they kids. don't care if it's even nuclear. I think they want the nuclear. They want Russia to react. Uh, in a nuclear response, and therefore that would that would call for a martial law, a shutdown, right, and and end all of this election stuff. No, I'm I'm telling you, I think there's children running the running the country right now. Yeah. When I say children, I mean 
uh, as far as mind development. Well, 20s and 30s and a couple of 40-year-olds right. who, who haven't been anywhere or done anything, and they haven't had to build a congregation or build a company. Or mm -hmm. they, I think they've been part of the Politburo of the, the Democrat establishment yeah, machine in, so in D.C. That's all they know. Never and, got dirt under their nails. Right. Never worked. You know, when I heard Trump talk about implementing soldiers in the f battlefield, I said, oh, that's my kind of guy. There we go. He was old enough to know the... He was old enough that I heard wisdom when he talked about using soldiers. Absolutely. And everybody else, they talk about it like it's a game or a policy, except right. there's lots of dead people in the wake of it. Right. You know, we kill a lot of people fixing things. <laughs> in Iraq. Right. Afghanistan. I don't know what's fixed, but we killed a lot of people. I know. And it, it, well, we, we, we went on a false premise, right? We, we, we went there because of weapons of mass destruction. Right. But when we got there, we discovered no such thing, right? Yeah. And so I feel the same thing is happening in Ukraine. You know, I, I felt something spiritually when they started talking about this Ukraine thing. I didn't believe it. Here, here we have a company that was under the, the scope, the telescope. We were watching them because of corruption. The country, Government, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden now, we're going over there sending them money that haven't been voted for by Congress, and we're sending them billions of dollars, billions of dollars, billions of dollars. And I think it's being, uh, it's being washed and laundered back to our politics something for sure and you know it's real interesting that uh i mean i don't want to go off on a tangent about the hunter biden laptop but it's real interesting that they have huge the the, the biden's have huge energy ties in ukraine right with russia wow <laughs> I mean, man, we could talk forever. You couldn't this. make this shit up. I know, man. And then they accused Donald Trump, who wanted to put a hotel in Moscow, of colluding with the Russians. And I'm like, but that's not misinformation. Now, they want to ding us for misinformation and come out with a ministry of truth, which is something from Orwell's, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. Book. It's, that's from Harry Potter. It, it's crazy, man. <laughs> but here, here's, a, here's a rebuke, and let this be a rebuke to the churches. That since you have been so silent, you've been so afraid of losing your 501c3, your almighty 501c tax status from the government. You have been silent and, and you've uh, neglected your duty from God to speak out and speak up. So now they've come with their ministry of truth, which is not truth. It is ministries of lies. Of it is ministry of propaganda. Yeah. It is ministry of death. It's and the it's Politburo. here to take away freedom of America. This is Soviet propaganda 101. I mean, this is the Politburo. You know, uh, we have, everything we do is whack-a-mole. You go to Congress, everything you do is going to be whack-a-mole. There's one way to save this country, and there's one way only. And any talk of anything else is just sticking a finger in a dike. It's not fixing the flood. We have, as conservatives, we wake up older in life usually. We go through a, right. all of this stuff when we're younger, yeah. all of our naivete, and all of our programming and propaganda. It takes right. a while to melt away. Mm-hmm. Especially if we go to college. Right. I went to college, University of Massachusetts. I went to school Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Was that before or after the Marines? Uh, it was after. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after enduring. And the, the, the real battle is the real war, not the battle. These battles we have, we have wins and losses. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can lose some battles, but you can still lose the overall war. Yeah, and we win a lot of battles because the weight of our ideas are better. Conservative right. ideas are actually better. Absolutely. You know, and so as human, as Americans, we fail to acknowledge that liberals and Democrats, their heart is in the right place. Right. Their approach is wrong. Right. And there's a lesson we can all learn 
about having a tender heart in the right direction. Right. And they have a lesson to learn about the strength of results. Okay. You know, we get good results. Our policies are good. Yeah. Their hearts are, and our hearts can be in the right place too. Mm -hmm. Their hearts are in the right place. They're not wrong. Uh, you know, um, welfare. I mean, pick anything that is kind of a leftist agenda, right. mm -hmm. uh, prison reform. Those are all thoughtful things. Yeah. Like to be kind to our human, our fellow citizens, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Their approach though is wrong. Yeah. Letting people off is not, that's not, uh, well, that's not what reform, right? Right. The war though is our kids. Our kids are brainwashed. And I see it with my son's blue haired English teacher with, with her <laughs> rainbow bracelet on. Right, right. And look, I'm not homophobic at all. Right, I don't, right. I, look, man. Phobic, what, what's the, what is there to fear? There's you know? nothing to fear, right? You, know, you got like your a, pants on. Well, you got your gate closed. You got, right. I've never been threatened by gate guys. I'm like, oh, geez, I'm not gonna have two beers and decide to play with you. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine, but uh, it's it's a matter of why is that being pushed and why do my kids know about their teachers' political agendas, and my kids do because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I talk to them. Right. I'm like, hey, what are you guys talking about? Oh, tell me about that thing you were talking about with abortion. Let's hear what your teacher taught wow. you. And, you know, they should be learning about all these things. It's part of the American discourse. I'm okay with that. but It's indoctrination. To, well, but give us both sides of the argument so that right. kids can, like, huh, I don't I, know. I don't, don't tell them your decision. I would like for it to be age appropriate, though. For sure. But, you, you know, know, my kids are 13 and 16. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not, yeah, you know, they're, I, you know. But I've been tracking them. I, like, I listen. I, okay. I'm paying attention. And then I call up the principal. I'm like, hey, I need to see this teacher and you in your office. You tell me when. And I just push because if you don't push, nobody does anything. We need more men to go to these schools. Thank God for all the the what they call the bear moms. The, yeah, mama bears. Yeah, the mama bears. Yeah, and it's wonderful. But men, we have a certain level of energy, man. Damn we have a right. certain presence. Damn and, right. And, and when men show up, it's accountability. There you go. And, and you know, I'm just, and I'll sit down and say, hey, ladies, let's just all start. I know you girls all love kids, and you're all well intentioned. You're really unprofessional. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing, I, I don't agree with, and the right. results really matter here. Right. So who's in charge? Yeah. I like to ask who's in charge. That's <laughs> that my favorite. Go. I love it. Who's in charge? Is my Are you having my 13-year-old boy who you won't let drive, vote, smoke, but is he in charge of his future? Wow. Or are you the teacher in charge or the principal? Are you in charge? Right. Or am I in charge? Exactly. Because I know what the state says. You're, you're the parent. Right. I know the state says I'm in charge, and yeah. I'm letting you all drive a little, but you can't just drive into a cliff. Right. So, you know, and, and so you, you, I recommend every dad, if you want to change your school, have a, go in and be a boss. Go in and have a meeting with the principal and a teacher and have teachers know people are paying attention. Did you see that video of the, of the black fathers in, uh, I think it was Detroit? Yes, where they went through and yeah. they, there was a bunch of thuggery going on. Yeah, kind of there was a whole bunch of fightings every day, fighting, yeah. stabbing, yeah. shooting, yeah. all kinds of stuff. It was about 12 black dads showed up, man, and they started walking down the, the, the school hallways and stuff like that. It straightened up immediately. Right. And I believe now we're we have to be around. This does not work without men doing this. I love what you're saying. We have to be. It's the truth. Um, and you know we've got to be in Congress. And I've been telling congressmen, when, if you get elected, you come back and make it a mission to go to stuff that seems too beneath you. Right. Here's here's what I have. That's different from my opponents. I have a vision for CD4. I don't just have a vision for Washington, but my CD is going to be the reddest CD in America. We have the potential. We led the nation when it comes down to audit and doing all this stuff. So we are politically astute. We're going to bring this, this CD back to family, faith, and to freedom. We want to teach our children and deprogram them from this CRT stuff. 
We want to bring in police stuff. I just did an event with uh, Brandon Tatum, and uh, we did the Blexit at our church. So yeah. we, uh, I like I, him. I've he always, came in and did the show yeah, a couple weeks he, back. He's a great guy, good guy, man. Yeah. And uh, so and his team of Blexit and him and Candace Owens, we all teamed up, and I, I want to show the police officers and change the narrative as an African American candidate. I can help these black kids realize that police officers are not your worst nightmare. Looking statistically, your worst nightmare is a black mom in her womb and your uh, your fellow black community. Black males kill more black males than any any uh, numbers here in this country. You know, until you know, I, I've been reading these fascinating statistics about um, the Reconstruction period after the Civil War and how African Americans experienced this explosion in literacy, had a higher rate of marriage. Mm-hmm had a nuclear family at a higher rate than whites did because whites were a hillbilly culture most of the country, right? Right. And then it all stopped in World War II. Something oh, happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something happened around World War II. Welfare. Literacy. Yeah. Welfare. Yes. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. People forget there was 80, almost a century of, of, of this uh, explosion in blacks, you know, in black success. Yeah. We were, we were marrying. We were we were leading the country in marriages at the time and literacy. And Blacks literacy. were more literate. The than Harlem white Renaissance. People. The Harlem yes. Renaissance was was leading the nation in this black literacy with books and literature and all this different. When you notice the rappers, I don't know if you're into rap music, but a lot of the, I recently am. A, a lot of the black rappers from back in the day, like Rakim, uh, LL Cool J, Ron DMC, all these guys were literal rappers. They had they had they had words, right? You can tell that they were read up, but. But you compare that to West Coast rappers. West Coast rappers were just repetitive, but they had nice beats. They had great beats. They had beats. And, and it, was, it was a little gangster. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, I started listening to uh, Cool G Rap. Cool G Rap. That's a new guy. I ain't even heard any of his new stuff. No. I don't even listen to these new guys, man. He's old. He's old original. He's, okay. He's an OG. Okay. Okay. And uh, you know what's amazing to me? It kind of reminds me of Bob, all of the, all of that old rap that uh, kind of came out in New York. Yeah. Because I was going to school back there when all that popped. Yeah. Okay. So you was in the midst of it. And uh, and I remember going to parties with all my New York friends, and that was all that was being played, and I had never heard it. I was like, oh my god. As I go back now, as a fifty-two year old man, that's kind of been around the racetrack a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, it the guys were talking about the plight of their community. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really honest American music yeah 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 so i actually it's crazy like i i you know like no one's looking i turn it up and i listen to it in my truck because i'm like i identify with these guys telling a real story right right. because it wasn't bullshit here's the deal though i believe that the hollywood leftists they begin to use this as a way to glorify the lifestyle so now these black kids begin to look at somebody who speaks properly who goes to school who pays their bills on time who's faithful to their wives and all this kind of stuff yeah as a negative, you chump. don't have any. You're a chump. Yeah, you're a chump. You're, you know, yeah. you don't have any street cred. Yeah. And so this begins to develop something for the black people. It developed an identity. When Joe Biden said this, and I told oh him, Oh my God. When he said, You, you ain't, ain't black, black if you don't vote for me, if you're not sure if you there you vote go. for me. Yeah. The Democrats had something to do with developing this black identity. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I, I read this fascinating piece. You're familiar with Thomas Sowell? Yeah. Thomas writes this amazing piece talking about how basically there's kind of two cultures in America. There's your uh, kind of corporate collegiate culture, and then there's hillbilly culture. Right. 
and that the African-American community had its culture kind of stolen from it in the 1940s and 50s by the welfare system and yep. big government. And then African-Americans related to hillbilly culture. Mm-hmm. So they've layered, a, 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 and, and so there, he draws all these parallels between believe in God, hate the government, solve problems with violence, goes down through this list and say, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, ingrained hillbilly culture layered with a, a kind of broken down community because of government interaction. And, and then you see rap lay on top of that. You see Hollywood lay on top of that. And, and then you see what then you got the media, what happened to Africa, the African American, you know, they talk about disenfranchised, right? Not right. part of the American dream. Yeah. Except for a hundred years after the emancipation proclamation, almost a hundred years. Yeah. African Americans dug in to education and success more than any other demographic. And the, the Democrats made sure they stopped that. Right. Because we were- Because you're gonna vote wrong. We were getting, that's right. Because you're gonna we, vote wrong. You're gonna be we wrong-headed. Were, we were Republicans. Right, because they- Until Lyndon B. Johnson did what he did. And that's what Malcolm X saw, because yeah. he was from that era, his father was from that exactly. era. And Malcolm X said, you know, you're just, you know, <laughs> he dropped the end bomb plenty. He was coming <laughs> you, saying it, but mm-hmm. he you know, basically said, you're a house maker. You're, you're a house nigger. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yeah. And I go, oh my hey, God. listen, nothing wrong with those types of truths. You know, because he he helped us out. But what the what the Democrats have been well at because they own the media. Yeah. They have set the narrative so much right. that black people are helping and assisting the very people who hated who are them from the beginning. Them. Who are oppressing them. Exactly. Um, I've had this conversation with folks and I've said, you know, people talk about race and they talk about the problems of our country. And I say, look, you know, capitalism is not perfect, but mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. It is. Let me tell you something. I would hire one-legged purple lesbians if they were great knife makers. Yeah. Capitalism doesn't care about your color. It cares about your outcome. There you go. Listen, as as a a young man who grew up in the country, I grew up in the South. My father was a truck. Mississippi. Oh, man. Where in Mississippi? I I lived 20 minutes away from Brett Favre. He was a senior in high school. I was a sophomore. Our high school destroyed them. We won state championships and all kinds of stuff. I was the the first person. He was the first person from that that area down there to go pro. Then you had Walter Payton who was down there from Columbia, Mississippi. And that was like uh, maybe two hours from where I live. But uh, yeah, I made it to the pros, man. I, I got a full ride scholarship here to Arizona State. Was a running back at Arizona State only for two seasons because I was a, a junior college transfer. And from there, man, I got picked up by the San Francisco 49ers for two years, played for the Oakland Raiders, starting fullback, came out on a Monday night. They said my name, man. I mean, this is like a dream come true. This is America, bro. I've never allowed people to make me hate my country. I love yeah. America. When I, It's one of the things that's, I'm not a big spectator. I've always been to kind of get involved. Yeah. Or, uh, I, I, like, I loved playing baseball, and I played it at a pretty high level. I played in college. Did and you I'm, pitch? No, I was a catcher. You were a catcher. Yep. Boss man, run the team. I was a pitcher. We had a see, we had a great relationship. Yeah. No, you know, the catcher kind of runs the team. Yeah. And I was a little, I think uh I wasn't ADD, but I was like, man, I need action. I can't sit in left field. Yeah. So it was either for me, it was either shortstop or catcher. I always liked the good thinking spots. How's your knees? Oh, my knees are awful. Uh-huh. I mean, if you see me, I look like I walk like a gorilla. I'm just slightly <laughs> leaning forward. I'm always kind of side to side because right. my knees are trash. Every catcher I know has knee problems. Yeah, 10 years. 10 yeah, years that's ten, crazy. 10 years kneeling <laughs> wow uh, yeah so if i'm in europe it always i always i can always spot the prostitutes and me where <laughs> it's a two years on their knees so just uh you got a chance to bite into the american apple and mm-hmm. have a great experience one of the things that's alienated me from sports 
is the wokeity wokeness of yeah. these multi-millionaire. And I don't resent the guys for making Listen, the money. You get a short career. I take- blow them out the water right away. You know what I say? If the white man is your oppressor, why are you marrying his daughter? <laughs> if if you are so upset about the white man and he's holding you back with your millions of dollars and your big name you, everywhere you go, you're pampered by white folks. But if you hate the white man and you hate what he's doing to you, why are you marrying his daughter? Why don't you go in the hood and marry some of these sisters and bring some of them up? I'm telling you, almost it, every- Am I talking? Uh, uh, listen, am I talking real? Oh, yeah. How about Kamala Harris? Same thing. Exactly. I mean, it, I was- She made it on her knees. I just- She oh, should have knee oh, problems. Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. She should have some knee problems. <laughs> so I, I call her Camel Toe Harris. It's kind of oh, mean to me. It's, it's a, it's a <laughs> I've bad I've heard that play. one before. So I, um, I saw a meme and it had a bunch of um, leftist black politicians and their white spouses. And it had quotes of the stuff they were saying- so it's the same, you know, you're not the first guy. Don to... Lemon, oh, Lightfoot, she's oh. a lesbian. Now, these guys are gay and lesbian. And this, this is another thing I tell people. You're Christians, but you have these people who are living these lifestyles that are abominable in the eyes of the Lord, and you're receiving truth from them instead of from somebody like me. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of bizarre, and it's bizarre when people's personal lives don't kind of jive up with their mouth. Exactly. I think Don Lemon was the one to say the white men are the 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 terrorist of our day he goes home to one every night he's married to a white man listen if i went home to a white guy i'd feel like they were terrorists too <laughs> i'd be afraid all the right? time <laughs> <laughs> so um talk to us a little bit about um it's interesting if i say anything about critical race theory i'm a racist asshole and i can be easily marginalized i want you to stop that how about you i want you and i want all of these white folks to stop doing oh i it. keep talking about it don't worry i'm not gonna yeah. let, but you know that's yeah. what they say but they, that's their way that's their cheap way of getting out of an argument because right. they know they are going to win they're going to lose they're going to lose because they don't have any facts right okay uh, you're able to carry that standard as a conservative, as a conservative, black man. as a black man. There's certain things. <laughs> yeah, because when I, when I a get 55 year old Jewish lady who's going to tell you about racial inequity, you get a, you can kind of set her I straight. Her, yeah. Me, I'm just like, I'm all right, I gotta down. listen to you. Again. I live, I live in this body every day as a black man in this country. <laughs> and one thing I am not, I'm not an African American. I've never been to Africa, not one time. Don't disenfranchise me from the country that my fa- my parents and my foreparents brought me up on. So I'm black. What are you like, black American? I'm right? black. Okay, cool. I'm not an African American. That was something that Jesse Jackson turned to, yeah. to, to separate us from, to make us feel separate from America. So that when they start feeding us this agenda to separate us from I America, think that's how you lock feel- people up. That's how you throw them on your plantation. It is. Get, get on my plantation. We're yeah. African Americans. Right. And I'm like, I, I'm sitting back all the time going, God, I don't know if if I were black, I don't know if I'd want to be in that group. Elon Musk is African American. Elon Musk, that's right. <laughs> that's right, man. I would I would like to uh my one of the platforms that I'm doing, man, is totally different. I want you to check this out, man. All the talk now is free speech, right? Yeah. Elon Musk put uh a third of his fortune on free speech. That's the power of free speech. But I say free speech is far more valuable than that. You can't put a price on it, right? And he agrees with you, apparently. Right. This man is is amazing. When he did that, it stirred the wasp's nest. It showed you that these demons, that these Democrats was like, hey, this is our way to power. We have to suppress the the, the knowledge. I think it was Jack Dorsey who said that, that had he not suppressed the information about Hunter Biden's laptop, the laptop from hell, he said that, uh, he said he's sure President Donald Trump would have won. Sure, and they still think it was an honest election. 
That's well, that's them. Then that's in their back of their heads. Are going, and it was a it was a clean election, and 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 we affected it. And actually, he still won. Come on, man. He still how, won. How did this old man who never left his basement got eight, get eighty one million votes? No way. You got more more than votes Obama. Than, exactly. Impossible. 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 It was a lie. It was. So here's the deal, brother. Uh. Uh, February 4th, 2021, Time Magazine comes out and spills the beans. So I had a, I had a reporter come up to me and try to do a, like a spring thing like, do you believe that Donald Trump won the election in 2020? I said, I don't have to believe. I said, Time Magazine told me that it was taken from him. Time Magazine, uh, February 4th, 2021, came out and said that we all work together to make sure that Donald Trump was not the president. So now you go talk to Time Magazine. Biggest you ain't got to talk to me. In world history biggest conspiracy in world history absolutely and uh, these people listen when i get to congress sparks are going to fly and the reason why we're here in this spot now that we're in and, and uh, on, on the brink of losing our freedom and losing our country is not just because of the leftists it's because of weak gop members they have been they have been solid they have been weak they have been corrupt and when president donald trump was in, in power we had the senate and we had the house we should have reformed uh, uh obamacare we should have had a an immigration that was that was ready to be written into law but we did nothing because right. of these because they members. fought against him yeah yeah oh, and, it, and you remember mccain oh you remember mccain did the, the the famous thumb and he died a few days after that you know i've actually had words with mccain you and did twice. Was that recent? I mean, like, was that no, just was, before he died or something? No, no, no. It was a decade before uh, uh, at an open forum down at the Biltmore, and then I'd had I'd had words with him one other time in an establishment. We were both in it at the same oh, time. No. When a Marine say you had words with somebody, I'm like, this was an exchange. I'm guessing. Yeah, and uh, and I was just I was mad at him. I I was I I I was annoyed by him before. Before he was a rhino, I mean, I, I always I was annoyed by him. I'm like, why, why do the bad choices? Why do you keep signing with the wrong guy? Why do you keep deciding this? How come that? And uh, he didn't want to be accountable. He was kind of a nasty character. He wasn't very polite if you yeah. if you queried him because he thought he was beyond being questioned. Yeah. Well, see, he he was he was a, he was a spoiled kid. His father was a, a admiral, admiral or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so he would get away with bad behavior in the military. Yeah, do all he, kinds he, of, he almost sunk an aircraft carrier single-handedly. And he killed about 100 and something men. <laughs> you know, the, the USS Forrestal. Trump said some funny stuff about him. That oh. all, all of us veterans, we all just thought it was funny. Well, he and, said, I like people that wasn't caught. Yeah, he says, well, my, you know, that's not a hero. That's just getting caught. My friends don't get caught. And I was like, oh, my God. That, I mean, I've heard fighter pilots say that. Say, I got famous for getting shot down. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had his commanding officer from the Hanoi Hilton at my house for dinner years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was a senior ranking uh, uh, imprisoned officer. And I had asked him about McCain. And it's very interesting when you meet guys from communities, probably much like a like a championship football team. Mm -hmm. If you've got a quirky character and you ask one of the guys in the team about that person and they don't say anything, that's that's that's, that's, that's a tale. That's bad. That's a tale. Exactly. I know. You want to bring that guy up and go, "Oh no, he's awesome, man. He has yeah. saved my ass. Yeah. I, I, I have dinner with his family. He's good people. No, yeah. he's one of us. Yeah, he's yeah. good people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when they say yeah, yeah, he was there same time as me. Yeah, because they know they're part of the family. They don't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers. Yeah, that's you know? right. So when you get mom, like a Navy SEAL, if you if you ask a, a SEAL about another Navy SEAL, right. and he says, "Yeah, I know him. He was in the team same time as me." 
Like that right there. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he might have tried to have sex with his mom or uh, something. So, you know, like it's bad. It's, yeah. it's got to be bad to yeah. be like that. You I know? know. I know. So um, you're going to um, talk to me a little bit about have you been, how long have you been running now? Uh, since uh, 2021, I think it's October. I think that's when I registered to to start running for U.S. Congress. And uh, you're in the Republican primary right now. Tell us who, who you're kind of up against. Uh, yeah, so we had uh, several people make the ballot. We have uh, uh, we have a former Marine. Mm -hmm. uh, he's uh, Kelly Cooper, well-spoken, good businessman, yep. uh, good profile, good guy. Uh, we have uh, Tanya Willis, who's an attorney. She's, uh, she's very well-spoken, very bright, raising a lot of money. Um, and then we have uh, David Giles, David okay. Giles lost several times already. Good All man, right. though. I didn't know he rode a Harley. He he rides a Harley, you know. <laughs> but he's lost several times. Good guy, though. But and then we have another one named uh, uh, Renee Co Renee Renee Lopez. Tell me, tell me about the. Uh, has there been any polling? Do you have any sense of kind of where you are in the pack right now? Oh man, when you walk, when I walk into a room, yeah, that's the polling. My my. Uh, my uh, volunteers, team of volunteers, I have over 200 volunteers. Most of them are young from Arizona State. When I walk into a room of Republicans, like if it's Republican, Awatuki women, stuff like that, when I speak, I'm on the stage with my opponents, my, my viewpoints, I get lots of applause, I get lots of response. Uh, uh, if we were gauging from that, I would say I was very much in, in a lead. Right. You know, but I'm gonna be honest with the audience, I haven't raised a lot of money. I haven't gone to Washington, I haven't taken a lobby dollar, and I will not. I'm doing this wholly grassroots, and I'm gonna do this on what? You see, a lot of my opponents are raising good money, but you're not gonna be able to outraise Greg's Greg Stanton because he's a leftist and he's got George Soros money. So if you raise two million, he's gonna raise twenty. Okay, so so it don't don't make it about money, make it about message, and yeah. that's where I'm great at. I'm a pastor. I've been a preacher for thirty years. I've written several books. Right now, I'm in school to get my theology degree, my doctorate degree in theology. So speaking to crowds and moving the crowd—that's what I do. I have a powerful message, and one of the messages that I have has to do with free speech. We are going to write an internet bill of rights because everything around us is taking away our freedom, starting with the freedom of speech. We have uh, uh, smart towns, smart cities, smart homes, smart refrigerators, all this stuff is connected to the internet. Yeah. And as we can see that these people are building gates around us, cages around us based on the internet. Yeah. And unless we go in front of them and start making sure that our freedom goes up into the cyberspace, we're gonna be in a lot of trouble. We're gonna look up and see all of our rights taken away because we have an antiquated bill in the First Amendment that we need to go in and make some adjustments to. And I am the only candidate that's talking about our freedoms. I believe this is the civil rights uh, uh, situation of our day. And as you can see, the left are adamant about taking away our rights. Yeah, you know, it's bizarre. Uh, you know, I have my theory about Twitter. I believe Jack Dorsey's a free speech guy also. I think he's a weak human. I think he's not a strong man. And because of that, um, you see men that don't have a good uh, keel, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, the center mm -hmm. of their ship. Right. And which is built around your parents and your position in the universe and where you believe you are in that. Right, right. I see men without keels and they drift yeah. And I think you could tell by that dirty-ass beard of his and his scrubby look. He looked like a goat. He looked like a homeless goat. And you, you see that guy, and you can see the fact he works in techie land, and you hire all these youngsters to techie land. I think they hijacked his company from him. I believe so. Because and, it's weird how he departed. It, it weird how he departed, and it was weird the, the nod he gave to Neon. I mean, uh, uh, to uh, Elon. Elon. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 
It's funny. You're right. I, I think his company was hijacked from him. Death by a thousand cuts. All these leftists. And I think he couldn't win. Wow. Because of his lack of leadership and moral fiber. Brother, I didn't think about that. That's a great uh that's a great angle. Yeah, and and, and it looks and sounds just like uh he was penciled out. It does. It does. And yeah. or he's like, you know, enough. I can't you guys, I can't fight this battle. Everybody yeah. in the company have done this and right. you're all gonna fight me at every level. And then he's gotta sit before Congress yeah. and have them yell at him about this and they're all doing it subversively. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. The the day after Elon announced, Twitter seemed more neutral. The, the very next day. The very next day. Because they were like. Hundreds of thousand new people come back online. Not only that, but I mean, they were not censoring people the same way. Yeah. And so, see, so that's what I want to find out in I, Congress. I think they're looking like, they're like, oh boy, new boss is coming. We better like get rid of that. Uh, you know, we we had yeah, that. That algorithm. We had that pound of cocaine sitting in the <laughs> algorithm. And we, we better get that pound of cocaine out of the office before the new boss gets here. Well, now, wouldn't it be interesting? If once I get to Congress and I bring Elon Musk before Congress, I want you to tell us what you discovered at Twitter when you got there. Yeah. What was the algorithm set? Who was it set against? Yeah. How was it set? Talk to us about that. Because we need to bring Jack Dorsey back and we need to bring, uh, what's the alien-headed one of Facebook? Oh, uh, Zuckerberg. You're going to bring him back because they lied to Congress and they need to face some serious Oh, they absolutely time. lied. Yeah. But, you know, here I'll tell you something. They might not actually know. They might not actually think. I'm, Come on, man. Uh, no, those algorithms are gigantic, and they've got hundreds of people working on them. It would be really easy if your entire hiring pool are Marin County leftists. It would be very easy for them to all have their thumb on the scale and the boss not I, know. I would say so. I would say so. But if you're a guy like Zuckerberg who who set these uh, – Oh, he, I think he's a dirty, rotten lefty yeah, who yeah. let it happen on his watch. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I so, uh, let I, me I tell you, lefties wouldn't take over my company. Yeah. I don't believe Jack Dorsey, and I'm with you on that. Jack Dorsey doesn't seem to have have much knowledge. No, although I think he's a he's a dark side worshiper. Maybe you know I can see yeah. it. I can see it on it, but <laughs> but maybe he doesn't have the knowledge that uh, Zuckerberg knows. I know Zuckerberg did this stuff on purpose because of what he did. You could tell he was spending. You know, he spent four hundred yeah. million dollars yeah. trying to trying to nudge the election, and, yeah. and clearly did. That's a lot of money. Wow, man. Wow. Well, um, if they don't face justice for this, man, we 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 know we might as well give up our country. If we don't close the border and bring the people to justice, like the FBI, James Comey, John Brenner, James Clapper, all of these guys, Andrew McCabe, all these guys that did this stuff and lied to Congress and, and tried to set Trump up with all this fake dossier stuff, hey, man, we don't have a country. You know what's fascinating as I've watched this all unfold and you hear, you hear uh, politicians, they always say, oh, I mean the leadership, not the rank and file. Uh, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? yeah, I know. Oh, I know. it was the leadership, the FBI, not your FBI uh, agents. I don't know about. Yeah, and I'm calling. I'm like, Sean actually, Hannity does that all the time. I hate it when he does that. I, I'm like, bullshit. Yeah, they're all in it. They're all on it. Wait, they, they're all in it. Yeah, and, and wait till you, um, if you ever know anybody who gets entangled with the FBI. Yeah, they're a lion bunch of ga they're gangsters in my opinion. They the are. FBI are gangsters. Who do they answer to? They're supposed to answer nobody. To exactly. That's what happens to regular people when there's. No accountability. It was the first thing I said today. Mm -hmm. It drives me let crazy. Me let me tell you, brother. I believe that the FBI, even if we pulled the strings, the purse strings from them and defunded them, they will go deep state on us. They they have the money. That apparatus, it will continue to exist, and it will continue to be the bane of our society. You know what? Um, let's talk about a couple problems that plague our country. Okay. Um, and I think... 
clearly we got a problem with fentanyl we got a problem with china we got a problem with drug abuse and in, in, in this country and its availability i mean you know i could throw a rock out the front window and hit two junkies in the forehead probably hey. trump his approach to isis now i don't remember it. if you remember old, there was no more isis <laughs> when obama was in he said it's the new norm and we're gonna have to wait a generation for this to kind of play itself out and this is the way these things go you know he would kind of lecture us yeah yeah and trump shut that shit down in he no did. time he did imagine if trump gets reelected, and he will and and the gaze turns towards china and fentanyl mm-hmm there's a battle to be That's a bioweapon warfare. Yes, been, it is. They're hitting us with warfare. Yeah, and it's coming in Port of Long Beach, and it's coming in Port of Houston. Let me tell every American right now that's listening to this podcast, be careful about doing all these DNA tests because this stuff is going right to China. So they can design a specific weapon set against your DNA, your body type, your age, your race, your everything, and kill you. This is why fentanyl is only killing certain people, certain ages. This stuff is, it's a designer weapon, man. I, uh, it's crazy. And I think about the problems that they've told, like the border. They've been crying out about the border my entire life. Wow. And I'm in Arizona, a native. So, I mean, I've been hearing about the border my whole life. Right. So, a half century. And Trump shut the border down. Yes, he did. Yeah. He just shut it down. Boom. Like, enough of your bullshit. Let's put up a wall, start enforcing, support the border patrol. And, right. And, And so, when I heard Mayorkas last week get up and talk about, uh, you know, we in, we inherited a broken border policy and a broken border system. I'm like, no, you didn't. It was working really well. <laughs> Mayorkas, I would impeach that guy yeah. immediately. Yeah, I would too. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, tell us any other uh, pet projects or things you're going to uh, hit the ground day one. Uh, who are you talking to? Who are you in advance? Are you reaching out or do you have any congressman reaching out to you to say, hey, if you make it in the fold? Caucus with us, work with us, Freedom Caucus. Yeah, Freedom I mean, Caucus. I do have plans to join a lot of these guys. But to be fair, I'm just letting letting the process play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we hit the primaries, I do plan on making a lot of calls. I have made calls to their secretaries to let them know that I am I am running, but I'm not seeking their endorsement and okay. anything like that. Uh, let's just let the, let the people decide, and we'll see what happens in the primary, and then we'll go from there. But, yes, I do have some pet peeves. we got to close the border. Of course, everybody's saying that. But that border has to be closed. But but immediately after closing the border, we've got to come up with an immigration process. We've got to set this thing and set it in law and so there'll be no more of this. I, you know, we've I, been talking about this for the longest. We will have a supermajority in Congress, but we got to have the Senate that's ready to vote with us. Yeah, and we got to get rid of the dead guy. So weekended Biden's. So, so you know, the real thing is uh, I see... You know, the Democrats right now, they're coming up with crazy solutions mm-hmm. to problems they started. Yeah, exactly. And they say, oh, no, we never had an energy policy. I'm like, we actually, we actually had we one did. two years we, ago. That's right. We, it, this it is was, the great it was, reset. It was working really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's fascinating is the border is, uh, the reason the border is the way it is mm-hmm. is because our federal government has bungled immigration. Yeah. It should not take 12 years what? if you want to come here. What is the problem? If you listen to uh, immigrants who've come here, yeah. and you listen it to their story, it took them a long time. It took them a lot of money. Yes, you and I would go. Oh, man, let's just get on a plane, go to Mexico. We'll walk yeah. there. This yeah. is a bunch of bullshit. Exactly, I get it. It's I a get broken. It. Our, our, everything our government does, it sucks. It's by design, my man. Yeah. Because if if the Democrats didn't have a problem, they wouldn't have anything to run on. 
Because if you notice, they never offer any solutions to America. They never offer us any solutions. No, they mean, give us problem after problem real, after problem. Their real solution right now is new windows in old houses. Yeah. I mean, are you out of your or, mind? Oh, here we go, brother. Let's let's make water wetter. Let's make wind windier. Let's make grass grassier. And at the same time now, inflation has gone up and the dollar that was once a dollar is now 65 cent. You have groceries going crazy. You have, it's just gas prices are crazy. They never seem to pro solve a problem. They haven't solved no, one yet. No, they create. And almost the best thing for the Republican Party is every now and then let the Democrats run shit for a while because they are so screwed up. It doesn't make any sense. Right. right. How could anyone, you know, 45% of Democrats, 45% of Americans think Biden's administration is doing a good job. What? That's a poll I heard this morning. No, I mean, man. It's, you're these so polls. You he, know these. He's down at 30% on all of these issues, which yeah. is awful. Yeah, that's the worst. And 45 and, is awful in and, the general. And of course, if you know if the media's giving you a number, it's, low, oh, it's, it's lower than that. Oh, it's got to be true. Yeah, yeah, right. But you look at it and you go, okay, let's say it's 25%. Who is the one in four Americans who think this is going well? Wow. Where are they at? Exactly. Let's just say, let's say we all agree today. <laughs> Biden's disapproval is 75%. I want to know who the other 25% are so we could tattoo a dummy question mark on their forehead. Exactly. All right. That sounds yeah. awful. That's enough of my neo-Nazi comments for the day. <laughs> um, listen, it's been a pleasure having you come here. Tell us uh, and tell folks that are watching this. <laughs> do you have a campaign manager? Do you have a campaign advisor? Or are you running yeah. your own show? No, no, no. I have Everything I have is volunteers. I, I don't have to pay anybody because All people right. believe in my message. All right. So they're going to watch this and they're going to go like, oh, my God, he said that. And you, and you said, <laughs> um, talk, tell our, anybody who's watching this where they can donate and where they can find you and uh, add a little grease to your machine. Oh, yeah. Go to Jerome for Congress. My name is spelled J-E-R-O-N-E. -E. My father's half was half native. So J-E-R-O-N as in Nancy. Yeah. yeah. My, na my dad was going to name me Or Jerome. N as in NFL. Yeah, there we go. Or, or North or, you know, yeah. November. My father was uh, my father was native, half native and half black. He was going to name me Geronimo. So my name isn't Jerome. It's Jerome with an N. So my mom didn't let him go all the way with the Geronimo because she was all black and she wasn't having it. Oh, my God. Geronimo would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, it right? would have been great. Oh, right? you know? imagine, imagine. And we've got uh, Geronimo, Geronimo uh, on the five-yard line. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been awesome yeah, for so, nothing. Uh, yeah. yeah, but... You know, this campaign that I'm running, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the freedom of America. Here's another thing I need to do for America. You know, they come trying to do this social scoring, social scores. They're trying to give us programmable digital money. Yeah. This is what I said. The Internet Bill of Rights has got to keep us free. We don't want any programmable money. We don't want social scoring. It's going to take away our freedom, brother. This is all about. You know, it. this is why they don't want cash. Yeah, I, I know. cash makes you free. Yes, they and do. when they come with this digital money that they can program, oh. well, then we see that you gave money to Donald Trump. When can Donald they Trump is a, is, a, is, a, is a white racist, and he's oh, a yeah. national. Oh, 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 you're a terrorist. You're a terrorist, so yep. we can shut your money off. And people say, oh, you're crazy. They did it in Canada. They did it. We just watched it happen this past brother, year. Brother, that's what I tell people, man. They'll do take anything, and you come up with the craziest thing the government do. There are enough people there that they'll do it. They right. will absolutely do it. If 100 of them are involved in any well you're a you're a marine aren't you uh, yeah okay you went to iraq that was based on what that was based on war against terror that was really that's not really quantifiable is it no. you could you could label anything terrorism now these very people are labeling now it's parents people, terror if we disagree with you it's terrorism right 
and they could they could have the weight of the government uh, come upon you because you're labeled not, as not a terrorist. Not could, they will. And they're doing it. They will. And this is why freedom of speech has got to be our number one thing. It's the civil rights issue of our day. I'm the only candidate that's running on that. If we don't get this thing done, brother, we're gonna be in a lot of trouble. I, you know, what's happened, and I remind people about this all the time, the, the founding generation of people who signed the Declaration of Independence and then subsequently ratified our Constitution, yeah. they if you look at the document and how it's worked and how it works, it's amazing. They were under divine inspiration. Absolutely. It's they, a seminal document that changed the planet. Yeah. Every country since has reviewed it and mimicked its best Absolutely. Stuff. If you look at how many years it took to get everybody on board and get them to ratify yeah. and the Bill of Rights that yeah. had to be added, when we see the erosion of the Bill of Rights, yeah. we see the weakening of the Republic. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. when you don't have the First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third, Fourth, right. Tenth Amendment, right. powers enumerated. Goes to the states. That's yeah, what we're seeing if, right now with this uh, abortion deal. That's right. If you don't see this as... The, the the ten original Bill of Rights, they're the axle on which this whole thing turns. Amen. And nobody would sign it until those were there. And once they said, "Oh, okay, I'm right. on, and we're in," it was an amazing document. Amazing. And I, I when I read it and I study it, I just say, "Hey, listen, man, these people had to be under the divine inspiration." But another thing was was that their experience coming from those those under those european heavy thumbs they know the, the that's power right. of a, that's right. a, a tyrannical government that's they, right they and so having that experience and divine inspiration had to make almost a near perfect constitution it's uh it's pretty amazing and, and if you look at how it's survived into modern times yeah uh and uh it if you think about and you read in context you know what was going on at the time you don't have to guess what it was about Right. You don't have to guess what the Second Amendment is about. You don't have to guess what the First Amendment is about. Why do we have? It wasn't a, about hunting. Well, why was the? Why do the Republicans always say that? It's such an embarrassing thing. Yeah. It's I, embarrassing. I, I, I tell people all the time. I go, look. It is not about your right to defense. It's not about your right to hunt. It is about the fact that we had just gotten out from under centuries of everybody being a slave. Boom. Everybody was. That's what you. That see. That's it. Centuries. Yeah. And and said, "You're not the boss of me. Who I am comes from the Creator, not from you. You're not in charge of me. And how do I know? I got a cannon in my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden said you can't have one of those. You know, he was wrong about that. He was you wrong about that. Cannon. Yeah. You, can have, cannon. you yeah. can have a cannon. You can have it. It's not written in the Constitution. If you could afford to have it, you could get it. You can get it. Yeah. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Yeah, I hope nice it was as fun for you as it was for I me. I had a great time, man. It's been a great thrill. As you get uh as you get through this and 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 uh you know, we wish you the best of luck working your way navigating this yeah. uh th this great American thing. Yeah. Um you're gonna grow and become somebody more evolved and mm -hmm. uh different uh and bigger if you make it through this. Yes. And, I will make it through it by the grace of God. You know, every one of these experiences, they hammer our soul. Mm -hmm. They hammer who we are, uh, you know, they hammer our spirit. And, uh, and I don't mean in a bad way. I mean like the forge, you know, yeah, you, exactly. you take a, a raw hunk of nothing and <laughs> you heat it up and hammer it and it yep. becomes something. Right. Mm -hmm. And that requires hard work and craftiness and pain mm -hmm. and sacrifice and mm -hmm. hard work. Absolutely. Um, the number one thing I see that politicians lack is work effort, uh, work ethic and, uh, getting out there and doing the basics. When I see them do the basics, it's, 
It baffles everyone how they're able to win with no money. It baffles them how their message overcame the fundraising of message. their opponents. Message. So get out there and do the hard work. And then and then a lot of times what I see, I'm giving this my advice section. This is the advice section of our show. <laughs> and the other thing is they forget what got them there. So they get to Washington and they get seduced by it because it's big, it's a big sexy animal. Mm-hmm. And uh, they forget that the PTA back here in Phoenix, the PTA in Tempe and Mesa, mm -hmm. those parent-teacher organizations, they matter. And if a congressman steps in to ask a question or to watch, even if it's an hour out of your day while you're back in Phoenix, it is a powerful message to the few dads that show up that it matters and to stick around and rattle sabers wow. and be there. Wow. And I see too many politicians go away and they think all the power's in Washington. It's not. And it's an illusion. It's not. The power's at the PTA. There you go. It's the most direct, you know, democracy going on. And I would just advise you to keep coming back and doing that. Have all the parents see that you care enough as a congressman to be there. You'll be the only one. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of people. And they all care. Just a thought. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. lovely having you here. We Thank wish you, you the very friend. best. All right, sports fans, that's the deal. You know how it is. We bring everybody here. Hey, give us your website one more time. Oh, and a flex. <laughs> uh, we, we got a Jesse the Body Ventura flex out of Brother, come on, brother, brother. Come on, get him in. So um, l l let's hear your website one more time. Jerome for Congress. Make uh, a donation of any size. J-E-R-E. J-E-R-O-N as in NFL. J-E-R-O-N-E for F-O-R. Yes. Congress. For Congress. Dot com. Dot com. Yes. I would appreciate all of your donations, all your supports. And don't forget to pray for us. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. God bless you and God bless America. Hey, there's a battle going on, you guys. Get involved. And the, it, 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 see, if you say, hey, I'm going to spend $100 a month on something. For, and for those of you who are uh, uh, in the big income years of your life, make it $1,000. Add a few bucks in. Throw it around these congressional races. They matter a lot. Imagine if right now, instead of the Democrats having a slim majority, imagine if we had a slim majority. Almost every dumbass thing that Washington's doing would be blocked. It matters. And when you don't have the presidency, midterm matters. So don't un don't unplug for three and a half years and then just show up for, for the one. Um, stay plugged and you find... You know, with less people engaged at the midterms, those of us who stay engaged, we actually have more power. You can, you can have a bigger voice when there's few of you hollering. So holler. Holler with your checkbook. Holler. Volunteer for your local precinct committeeman positions. And volunteer uh, for the election polling places in your town so that we don't need to import any more goddamn Californians to come here and count our votes and cure our unsigned votes, whatever that means. Wow. Greg Medford and the Greg Medford Show here in Phoenix, Arizona at Medford Knife and Tool. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.